Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the commentary for The Pendant Shakespeare, As You Like It, Act 3, Part 1. But were I not the I'm your director, Sven Halverson, and I'm joined by my assistant director. Hello, I am George Limfield, the assistant director, and the dramaturge, Landon Bell. Hi, I'm Landon Bell. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and this time I'm listening to my episode. <laughs> That's, that's, I completely forgot you have to listen on your phone last time, or not listen at all, should I say. Because it's been a whole month since we recorded a commentary. Yes! <laughs> Obviously. Do you, think, do you think I fell for it? <laughs> not going to tell a soul the truth. And George directed this play, and I did the scoring on it, because it was somewhat short. Yeah, there are only two scenes in this first half of Act 3, but one very long scene. Hang there, my verse. Yeah, uh, that's part of the reason we split Act 3, because uh, it would have been really, really long, and uh, it's already 19 pages, so, in the script. The second scene is really long, but for, actually there's three scenes, but, uh, right? And in their box, yeah, I think there's three. It's kind of, it is kind of broken up. Yeah. There's lots of characters moving on and off. Run. Run, Orlando. But it does sort of flow together in, in, in the sense that it all happens at effectively the same time. We basically skipped over the first one. But, uh... <laughs> and, and nothing happened. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the first open. one uh, actually does provide a lot of context for what happens in uh, Act 45 uh, with Oliver's banishment. Truly shepherd, yes. In respect of itself, but beyond that, it, it is a simple scene. But in respect that it is a shepherd's life, it is not. And I guess I did do a little bit of mixing on that one. I added a little bit more dragon sounds. A very vile the initial life. dragon was a very docile dragon. But in respect, it is not in the court. It is. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, when I was adapting that. I was a little concerned life, about how how deep I should well, go with the adaptation. There is no more plenty in it. It goes I think y'all do a good job. Making it come to life. Hast any philosophy in thee, shepherd? No more, but that I know the more one sickens, so the worse it is. Just before this, and that he that wants money, means and content is without um, three good we had Orlando pinning up love poetry on the trees to wet and fire um, to burn, <laughs> which that good we will return to later on. Fat sheep. <laughs> In this scene, great cause of the we have Touchstone kind of having of a philosophical sun. debate with Corin, which is, no I think, possibly my favourite scene of the play. <laughs> it's of good amazing. It's really fantastic. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's Touchstone, who is a fool. His, his role is that of a fool. Then thou art essentially damned. telling a shepherd that he's a fool. It's just brilliant. Like a head like two rounds. 
Why, if thou never wast at court, thou never sawest good manners. Of course, the thing if about it is, good manners, then Touchstone is not an idiot. Where a lot of Shakespeare sin, fools kind of are idiots. He's not. Thou art in a mm. So he's not like Festy, where Festy is smart, but also gets drunk. Oh, you have. I feel like Shakespeare's fools are either buffoons, comedic characters, or they are the most intelligent character in the play. And they give philosophical insights that no other character does. So in in King Lear, the fools. Is, again, with, in, a, in a play where the main character goes mad, and there's so much madness, you get full talk being the voice of reason. And Touchstone is kind of that character. Although he has his own vice. His entire relationship with Arthur is its own vice. There's not really new logic to it. <laughs> It's kind of just Shakespeare being like, well, every other character is kind of have to do with Touchstone. Basically, yeah. With the benefit of hindsight, I'm a little surprised that there isn't any kind of relationship set up for Dukes and Learn of the wise and prepend. <laughs> Civet is of a baser birth than tar. The very then he has his dragon flux of a cat. Mend the incense, shepherd. You I guess that's true. That much is true. For me. I'll rest. Oh, wilt thou rest damned? God help thee, shallow man. I love the music. God make in incision that. in thee. Thou you know, art that. raw. Sir, I am a yeah, that's yeah, kind of touchstone theme. Or... <laughs> Oh, no man hates, I think the no scoring worked perfectly for what's going on here. Good, and all the music in this home. play is being done by um, Stephen O'Brien. We're using basically most of his orchestral pieces. But there's a lot. His work is very good. You can check him out on his website, Stephen O'Brien. Or Stephen Dash of Brian Um and he's also on SoundCloud as well. Out of all reasonable match, if thou beest not damned for this, the it's got a fantastic selection no of, of music. It's not I just orchestral either. There's kind of like eight bit electro tracks on there as well. Um, electric guitar. It's really good. Really oh, yeah. talented musician. He's got his own Kevin MacLeod vibe going on. You've never really mixed audio drama until you've used Kevin MacLeod music. Yeah, that's kind of like a rite of passage. Pretty much. For a taste. I haven't actually used a whole lot of this music. <laughs> well, looks like next act is going to be scored entirely. Surprise! This section here as well is another example of why Touchstone is the best character. Such a nut is Rosalind. He's writing he that sweetest kind of rose will find his own mocking love poetry. Prick and Rosalind. 
This is the I also loved his line, if a heart do lack a hind, uh, which <laughs> I should point out uh, for anyone who wasn't Truly looking at the actual word, he meant heart as in the animal, not the organ. Wouldn't really make sense for your heart to have a hind. Puns are definitely a distinct feature of... Shakespeare's vernacular. Stand aside. Why should this? I wonder if he kind of sat down, still right, down to the right. No. Tongues I'll hang on every tree that shall civil sing show. Some how brief the life of man. Yeah, these are basically just the leftovers from the sonnets. He just threw them in his place. Some of violated vows. But upon the fairest boughs, or at every sentence end, <laughs> will I, Rosalinda, write, teaching all that read to know the quintessence of every. And we have Olivia Steele here as show. Celia. Therefore, have a nature charm. One thing I really like about her performance as this character is that she kind of elevates Celia beyond uh, being just a background character. But not her heart. Because mm. until about majesty, Act Four and Five, she. Sadly, like her character arc hasn't kicked in yet. Rosalind of many parts by She's yeah. just more or less Rosalind sounding of many faces, eyes, and, heart, <laughs> and so, um, I really like how she elevates the Heaven character. That she these gifts should have, and I to live it's a sign of a good actor. Oh, most gentle pulpiter. And I think she, again, like so many of our voice acting kind of duos, is a really good foil vocally. Rosalind as well. Shepherd, they um, go off they work really well together. Go, go with him, Sarah. Come, Shepherd. Let us make Definitely. an honorable retreat, though not with bag and baggage. Yeah. But also, <coughs> this character too, because she's she's kind of a go with the flow kind of character, in a way. Mm. And so, having people who are are Did not so much that. Oh helps. yes, I heard them all. And more too, for some of them had in the more. Well, I guess you could kind of argue that Touchstone is no to a degree, but it's a different degree. It's not the same. Aye, but the feet were lame and could not bear themselves without the verse, and therefore stood lamely in the verse. What dost thou hear without wondering? I think it's quite funny with Touchstone though, because he's sort of dragged along. I was seven. But they don't really want him there, so they just sent him off. But he's sort of. look here, what He's still dragged along with them, but he doesn't. Also, doesn't like the shepherd's life. It's like, why are you remember? here, Touchstone? <laughs> you don't, you don't like the shepherd's life. You don't like where you are. And they don't particularly want to follow them. I don't care. Well, in a way, he's, <laughs> in a way, he's the reverse Jacques. Jacques also doesn't really stand his life, but Jacques goes and leaves at the end of the play, and uh, Touchstone decides to uh, settle down. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Really Again, that's another I example of kind of like doubles and doubling, isn't it? It's a very symmetrical play. I would thou couldst stammer that thou mightst pour this Yeah, this is one of those that the more I think about it, the more it grows on me. Like, like it's not like Julius Caesar where you read it and it's like, yeah, this is brilliance in a bottle. Yeah, you get it. This one you have to hear it a few times, see it performed, 
read it, and over time, more aspects of it come out. You really start to see it for what it is. I think that's why it's kind of not one of his more well-known plays as well. It's got a lot to offer. I mean, particularly for adaptation as well, it's it's ripe to kind of be moulded into different forms. Because ultimately, the plot's so simple. What did he when I sourced him? What said he? How looked he? Where and went he? As a matter of fact, you can put most of the scenes pretty much anywhere. Except for the ones where they talk specifically about the forest. I don't know that you could put that in a tower or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the forest is more symbolic, though. So you could... You could have another Looks location standing for the forest, as right? long as there's a it definitive journey. You know, I just had a thought, I'm kind of kicking myself for it. You could do as you like it in a VR game. Oh. Alright guys, we've got to start again. <laughs> we get to keep the dragons, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll you can still the keep the dragons, yeah. But the forest would be in VR. That's fascinating, actually. Like, there's a big debate going on in England at the moment. Where we have we have the Globe Theatre. We've got a director of the Globe Theatre. She's kind of this replicate She's super, super into kind of modern retellings of Shakespeare. So her productions kind of use modern lighting, and modern sound. As the globe is more about accurately reproducing Shakespeare. So the debate about how much you should modernize Shakespeare is really amazing. But that VR idea, that works really well. I don't. Yeah, I feel like that adds a lot to, to the play already. Yeah, now that that's out there, I would definitely love to uh, to hear from somebody if, if they ever tried that. Them I think it'd be great. Rosalind is your love's name. Yes, just. I do not like her name. There was I mean, no that's, so that's two kind of commentaries in a row where we've given you excellent ideas for adaptations. Guys, kind of write in, tweet us with any more ideas for like Shakespeare plays and ways we adapt what setting can we put it. And I will give a prize of, I don't know, I'll give you a shout out for the best one if anyone does this. I'm not holding it. I will hide no breather. In the world and where should we tweet? Against whom I know most <laughs> um, that is a good point. I probably should have said. To be in love. Guys, where should we tweet? My Twitter account is at the Bellman, and um, our show account is at the Wild Bill Show. Tweet at the Wild Bill Show. So you can tweet either one of them, and then I'll forward it to. George or Swin or both. Ha hashtag amazing adaptation. Um, we'll keep track of it that way. Anyway. <laughs> so the play's moved on. Yeah, something has happened. I don't know what's happened. 
I got too lost in, uh, in these awesome day. ideas. No so we've got we've got Orlando uh, then there is no coming face to face with Ganymede for the first time, who is of course Rosalind. And this this bit is a bit weird. I'm gonna be honest. Tell me what you think about it. About the scene. I just no no so the scene so Ganymede is kind of like. Who time trots with all, flirting time with, with all, and who he Orlando. Okay. I mean, like, I understand why, why she's doing it. I just... I guess, I guess... If the interim is but a night, time, space, flirting so as a concept has moved on since Shakespearean times. Time I don't know, I like it. It feels old-timey It does. In a good way. And the other lives merrily because he feels no pain. Almost like the one lacking the burden of lean and um, wasteful learning, the other knowing no burden of maybe only younger penury. people would get this, but Please, uh, it feels old timey in a way like a when a kid goes and finds a book, as an old book, and they tell their friends about it, and they're like, "Wow!" and they think it's a new revolution. I think it's kind of how this play is to be. Where dwell you, pretty youth? With I think it's more the way, and we'll come to it, it's right at the end of the scene, like but the way she kind of encourages Orlando to call her Rosalind and talk to her if she's Rosalind. And whilst, you know, given the conceit of the play, I can understand it. It is quite funny how easily he's like, yeah, all right, I'll call you Rosalind. No worries, mate. <laughs> One that knew courtship too well, for there no. he fell in love. That's, I have heard yeah. him read many lectures. It was a little challenging to come up with music that would uh, woman, evoke the emotions so in the scene here. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of conflicting emotions going on. The principal evils he laid to the charge of women. You want a little bit of yeah. silliness, and you want a little bit of the. They love scene type stuff, and then you want a little bit of everyone fault seeming monsters. I prithee recount some of them. No, I will not cast away my physic, but on those that are sick. I think you, you did really well, especially like bring across the the mysterious of it, the quirkiness of it. Because it is, you know, they're in a massive forest. It's quite a strange occurrence for them to run into one another. It is definitely quirky. I pray you, tell me your remedy. Well, there is none of my uncle's marks upon you. Orlando must be leaving poetry everywhere. Kind of like the you have not. Shakespearean version of carving your name in a heart on a tree. A beard neglected, which you have not. But I'm gonna hammer 14 lines <laughs> We've all done it. We've all been there. Your bonnet, unbanded, your sleeve, unbuttoned. Carving your name on a tree is so 1600s, but you know. But you are no such man. Drawing poetry and sticking it up in a tree. Now that's the lover of any other. That's the way. Fair you. I would I could make thee believe I love. Me, believe it. You may as soon make her that you love believe it, which I warrant she is apter to do than to confess she does. 
That is one of the points. I love this voice that Alexander does for this line. But in good sooth. Are you he that hangs Works the very well. the trees where in Rosalind well, scolding Orlando for his stupidity, which is fair enough. By the white hand of Rosalind. He's gone off like poetry. Yeah, he absolutely does. Unfortunate he. Right, poetry about so much in the girl who's literally stood in front of you and you haven't realized it. It's merely a madness. And I tell you, deserve To a degree, I have to wonder if he actually knows. And the reason why they are not so punished is that the lunacy. Like how can you forget somebody's eyes? Yet I profess I mean they counsel. They had their big chat in Act One, so one must wonder. And in this manner, he was to imagine me his love. His yeah, Some adaptations, though, they actually intentionally hide uh, Rosalind's face when she's talking As to him. Which time would I be so I guess that could you. make the difference. Grief, be effeminate, changeable, <coughs> I feel like that's not in the spirit of the play, though. Proud, fantastical, apish, I, I feel shadow, like it is a comedic. Full of tears, that's full of that's smiles, part of the comedy. For every passion, something, yeah, I do tend to agree. Anything, as boys and women are for the most part, I definitely tend to agree. Would now like him, now loathe him, then entertain him, then forswear him, now weep for him, then spit at him. But I drave my suitor from his mad humor of love to a living. I know we took a couple of takes to get this. Which was to forswear the full stream of the world and to live in a nook merely monastic. And thus I cured him. Because it is the music pairing with it works very well. I like the music pairing. As a sound sheep's heart. I agree. That there shall not be one spot of love in. I would not be cured, you. I would cure you. Here we go. You this is the bit I was referring to. And come every day to my cot to woo me. Now, by the faith of my love, I will. <laughs> like, he didn't even think about that for a second. <laughs> it's like, yes! Will you go? <laughs> With all my heart. Yeah, yeah sure, I'll be cured like, of my love. You must call me <laughs> come, sister, will you go? I, I tend to agree with you, Landon, actually. He probably knows. <laughs> People out there in listener land, you can tweet us and the tell us, you know, does he know? Also known as the <laughs> Wild Bill Variety Show. As you like it. You can tweet us that three. with your uh, adaptation ideas. Featuring the yeah. Voice talents of Hashtag amazing adaptations. Hashtag I don't know if we can knows. actually do VR, but... Uh... <laughs> no, it's perfect when Frederick banishes uh, Oliver. He just puts him in a VR unit. Sends him to the forest to go find them. It's genius. Actually, they're all still at the castle. The wrestling, the wrestling scene. It's just Assistant like Director George Productions. Well, we're at the this end of the episode. Is copyright 2017. And it's not in VR, but hey, you get what you paid for. <laughs> for more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back next month. Peace. See ya. Goodbye.